Hey guys, thanks for tuning in with us once again. Today we get to hear a message from Pastor Joel Stockstill. This man is an absolute powerhouse for the kingdom. We hope it blesses you. Get ready to check it out. And youth events. And my greatest passion is speaking to this generation. And I believe God's going to do some things tonight. How many of you are just ready to receive something tonight? I believe that I believe that the Lord's going to do some things. And uh, I want to share with you some things from my heart. Uh, I want you to look, if you, if you have your Bible, how many of you have your Bible or your iPad or your whatever it is that you use? Get it out and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read verse 6. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I want to, I want to key in on that first phrase here. It is impossible to please God without what? Now notice he didn't say it might be possible or it could be. He said it's impossible to please God without faith. I want to talk to you tonight about one of the most important subjects I believe that we can learn in this walk, something that I continue to grow in every day. And I, I want to encourage you tonight on the subject of faith. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you for this, this time together. I thank you you're going to speak to us. Lord, I just pray that you would anoint me to declare the word of God with boldness and that you would just speak to every young person here in a unique and a special way. Lord, I pray that we would not leave here without a touch from you, a word from you, a direction from you. Lord, I just pray tonight that you would call men and women into the, the ministry, that you would just confirm the things that you have on their life tonight. I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, oh, do better than that. Everybody said, all right, all right. Okay, so so let me, let me talk about faith for a little bit, and then we're going to get into this. Everything that happens in the kingdom of God happens by faith. Everything that happens in the kingdom of God happens by faith. You can't be saved without faith. You can't get baptized in the Holy Spirit without faith. You can't get healed without faith. You can't get delivered without faith. You can't prosper without faith. You can't find the right person to marry without faith. You can't just marry the first hoochie that comes along and likes you. You got to have faith. You got to say, Lord, I'm trusting you for the right mate. You can't do anything. You can't get anything. You can't be anything that God has for you without faith. So what is it that you need? If you want anything God has for you, what do you got to have? Faith. Okay. Y'all got that? How many say you got that? I got that. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. Okay. So now there's a flip side to that. Everything that happens in the kingdom of darkness or anything that the devil does happens by fear. He accomplishes everything that he accomplishes through 
the doorway of fear. And people, people get afraid and that fear opens the door. That's why the, one of the worst things you can do is watch horror movies. Okay? And, and I know it's like, oh, oh, it's fun to be scared. Yeah, but how fun is it when you're laying your, in your bed at night scared of the dark, scared some demon's going to jump out and kill you? See, that ain't fun. Why? Why does that happen? Why? why I, I remember years ago that they, they had a movie came out, and I'm not even going to mention the name because it's not even worthy of a mention. But, but I remember one of my friends, uh, she went and saw this movie, and after she saw this movie for a year, she could not walk to her car in the dark and was afraid to sleep with the lights off. Now, you think that movie was worth that year of fear? And she had to, she had to get delivered from fear. All because when, when the enemy sees fear, he sees a doorway into your life. And so fear is the way that the devil comes into your life. People, pe people get afraid of being alone. And so they just hook up with anybody because they don't want to be alone. And so instead of God's best, you just get the rest. Instead of, you know, the Bible says there's a 30-fold, a 60-fold, and a 100-fold. And I like to say that God wants to give you guys, he wants to give you the 100-fold honey. How many of you guys say, I want the 100-fold honey? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want the... And you, and you ladies, you need to be preparing yourself to be the hundredfold, honey. Yeah, because, because there, there, there's different dimensions of what God has for you, and the, the measure of faith that you have will determine what you're able to receive from God. Everything God has for you is good. God doesn't have anything for you that's bad. He, everything he has for you is good. But the devil doesn't have anything for you that's good. Everything he has for you is bad. So we got faith and we got fear. So how many of you think we need to get rid of the fear and we need to get faith? Isn't that right? And, and if we're going to get faith, the big question is then how do we get faith? How do we get it? It's not just either you have it or you don't or you were born with it or you're not. It's, it's not like either you sing or you can't sing, even though some people are a little confused about that. I'm one of those people, I make a joyful noise. And I do it very loudly, but I know it's a noise. The other day I was in my closet singing and I was getting dressed. I was just having me a good old time, praise the Lord. My wife came and she said, honey, you, this, you are horrible. <laughs> I'm like, baby, I'm in my closet by myself making a joyful noise. I'm not on American Idol. <laughs> but, but faith is what we need. Now, as, as young people, we need a beginning point. How do we develop faith? How do we get it? it do, do we get it because we get older? Do we, did it, do we get it just because we go to church? It, once you hit 100 times at church, all of a sudden, it's like winning a certain number of levels on Nintendo and you get a certain level of points. Some people think that. They think God's up in heaven keeping count. Okay, you've been to church 50 times. Oh, you get 30 faith points. 
And, and now you've been 100 times. Oh, you got a bonus. You got 70 now. And, and you can go to the virtual bookstore and you can buy something by faith and, and you can get a miracle because you have 200 points now. See, that's, that's, that's not how it works. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And tonight, I'm going to give you the word tonight. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not, I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to help you get some faith. Because when I'm long gone and you don't even remember anything about that tall white boy from Louisiana, you need to remember faith is important. Because if it's impossible to please God without faith, I would say faith is not just important. It's the most important thing. The most important thing. So how do we get it? Well, there's this little chapter, Hebrews 11, that's just kind of the breakdown on faith. And we're going to start in verse 3. It says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. By faith, we understand that God created the universe by the power of his command. What, what's the first thing you got to have? What's the first thing you got to believe in in order to have faith in God? You ready for it? Creation. Creation. You got to believe in creation. You got to believe that God created the heavens and the earth just like it says in Genesis. Now, see, notice the end of this verse. It says that what we now see did not come from something that can be seen. See, the, the world and the, and the prince of this world, Satan, would have us to believe that everything we now see comes from something that we can see. That millions and billions and trillions of years ago, a couple of rocks collided, which I'm not sure where the rocks came from, but that's what they say. They, they smashed together in, a, in an atom or a molecule resulted from that a piece of dna some piece of genetic code and from there it just kind of morphed its way over millions and billions of years and it became like a, a bacteria and then it got a little tail and it started swimming around and then it became a tadpole and then a frog and then it then it turned into a fish and then and, and, and then next thing you know it jumped up on the land and got lungs Is that what they teach in your school? Yeah, well, it's wrong. It's not just wrong, it's stupid. Jumped up on the land, then it started, started running around. Next thing you know, it was a monkey. And then next thing you know, here we are in all our glory. I was on a plane the other day to San Diego, and they were playing a nature special on the on the on the TV on the plane, and it was a it was about baboons. Anybody ever seen a baboon? Baboons are ugly. They are very ugly. And these baboons, they were running around. Big herd of them. They were running around, and they were they were swinging around and fighting and eating bananas and doing all kind of weird stuff. And my beautiful wife was sitting there next to me. And I looked at her and I said, I know we didn't come from baboons. 
Because my wife is way too beautiful to have come from some baboons. I said, me? Maybe. But her, no way. I was watching PBS one day. Anybody ever watch PBS, Sesame Street, all that? Okay, I, I, was, I, was, watching, I was watching PBS one day. And, and it was late at night, and I was about to go to sleep, and they, they, they had like these seven professors on there. And they were having a debate about when man went from being a quadrupod to being a bipod. And I'm so educated, I didn't even know what that was. A quadrupod is an animal that runs around on all fours. A bipod's one that runs around on two. And, and, and they, were, they were split right down the middle, Ted, because half of them said that they know that that man went from being a quadrupod to a bipod in the forest. Because they said it's clear that it happened in the forest because he was able to pull up on the tree and, and then walk around a little bit and then go back down. I'm talking about professors now, PhDs. And, and, then, and then the other half insisted that man went from quadrupod to bipod in the plains. That he got out on the plains and there was no trees to climb around in, so he figured it would be more effective to walk on his hind legs. Now we're talking about ignorance, folks. We're talking about godlessness. And if, if you believe in God and you want to have faith in God, be clear on something. In six days, God created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested, and he didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. That's right. So you, you got to believe in creation. You, you got to believe that God created the heavens and the earth by the power of his command. Now, now here's, here's why people who don't serve Jesus want to find a different way because if he created it by the power of his command, then that means, number one, he's our creator. And we're accountable to him. See, we don't want to be accountable. We want to be accountable to us. We want to do what we want to do. It, we want to do what feels good to us. If we want to hop in bed with somebody before the covenant of marriage, well, then that's what we're going to do because that's, that's us. But when there's a creator who says marriage is my way, then all of a sudden, we're accountable. And it says, he didn't just create it, he created it by the power of his command. That means that his word has preeminence. That means it's the most important thing. And if his word is important, that means we got to get in here and find out what he says, and we can't just do what we want. So creation... Creation is very important. It's the first step. And, and, and maybe, maybe you never even thought about it, or, or maybe you just thought that, that we all just came from a bunch of monkeys. They've been showing you uh, videos at school and teaching you stuff, and, and, and they got you off in biology class, and they're showing you how, all these different things. Listen, it's all a theory. It's not a fact. That's right. And, and you cannot have faith in God if you do not believe in creation let's just get it clear so so what do you have to believe in what's the first step of faith creation that's it that's it that's it okay everybody let's let's 
especially uh, right up in here. Let's be quiet while we're talking about the word. You can talk afterwards. You can go play. You can do all that. Let's listen to the word, okay? Okay, so creation is the first thing. Number two, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now, what, what do we get from this with Abel? And I'm not going to go all into it. There's a lot of things we could pull out of this. But, but Abel offered a better offering. And the better offering that was offered on our behalf was Jesus at the cross. And, and if creation is the first thing that we got to believe in and on our, our journey of faith, the second thing is the cross of Jesus. How many of you believe in the cross of Jesus? You believe Jesus died for your sins. You believe John 3.16. You believe God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that you and I would not have to perish, but we could inherit eternal life through the blood of Jesus. And there's something about that Jewish carpenter who was born of a virgin, lived without sin, died on a cross, was in the grave three days and three nights, and rose again on the third day that sets us free from the power of sin and shame. You know, today I, I was working on a little booklet for, for our church that, that's going to help disciple new believers. And, and the first thing that, that we we're talking about in there is redemption. And, and it's very interesting that the lamb, how, how many of you have ever seen a, a lamb like sheep? Even in a book. Bah, you ever seen that? You know, we got that new little cartoon movie coming out with the sheep. I, I, anybody saw Minions? And they had a preview of Minions for the little sheep movie. And, you know, sheep play an important part in our redemption and, in fact, in all of eternity. Because all the way from the beginning of time, sheep were a part of God's plan for redemption. You say, what does a sheep have to do with me being saved from my sins. It has everything. Because it was in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, broke the word of God, ate from the forbidden tree. They ran and hid themselves like we all do because of our sin. We hide from God. That's why people don't serve the Lord because they're hiding in their sin and they're hiding in their shame. And so they tried to sow some fig leaves on themselves. And God came along and said, no, that's never going to work. And he killed some lambs and he covered them with some skins. So all the way at the beginning, there, there, was, there was lamb was associated with the covering of sin. But Jesus became the ultimate lamb of God. He didn't just cover our sins. He erased our sins. The cross of Jesus was, it was a powerful moment it divided all of history it is the climax of God's redemptive plan and now we look back at the cross and we look back at Jesus and as we gaze upon him we are saved we are healed we are delivered you got to believe in the cross and 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 not just believe oh yeah Jesus was a good guy that they killed no Jesus was the fulfillment of every promise and prophecy that was ever spoken about our redemption. 
He was the total fulfillment. It, it wasn't just, oh, Jesus was a good guy. He got mixed up with some bad people and died on a cross, and now we still talk about it. No. No. From the very beginning, it was always the plan of God for Jesus to die for me and for you. You got to believe in the cross. You got to believe that the cross is the place of redemption. You got to believe in the cross. Creation, he created. Now, some people say, well, I think the cross is more important than creation. Well, without creation, the cross doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. See, now, now we got people who call themselves Christians running around saying, well, I believe God could use evolution to create. Their, no, well, if he did that, then why did he say that he created the heavens and the earth? I don't, I don't know if we need a God who needs evolution to create anything. I don't know if we should look to a God for salvation and healing and deliverance if he couldn't even create the heavens and the earth. No, he didn't use evolution. I'm sorry to disagree with the Pope, but God didn't need evolution to create the heavens and the earth. He spoke by the power of his command, and the heavens and the earth came into existence. Okay, now, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. By faith, Enoch was taken up to where? Heaven. Okay? Now, the third thing you've got to believe in is heaven. Now, everybody, it doesn't matter who they are, what God they serve, believes in heaven. But not just heaven, the reward of heaven. The reward of heaven. Because when you believe that what you do in this life is going to determine everything that happens after you die forever, all of a sudden your decisions get vastly more important. All of a sudden what you do with this life, whether you give it all to God or whether you live it all for yourself or whether you give God a little bit and keep a big bit for you or what you do changes drastically when you realize that there is going to be a reward in heaven. Okay. And Cody, you're going to like this. I've been studying for years as a youth pastor eternity. I've been studying it because not a lot of people understand about eternity and there's a lot of confusion about what's going to happen when we die and all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to break it down for you tonight in a way where you're going to really be able to understand it very simply because I've studied it a whole lot so that you can just grab it, okay? How many of you want to know what's going to happen when you die? Okay, everybody does. Even if you didn't lift your hand, you do because I'm telling you, you do. Okay. Okay, so what's going to happen? When we die, there's going to be two lines. Everybody say two lines. Tonight's message is brought to you by the number two. Okay? This episode of Sesame Street brought to you by the number two and the letter F for faith. Okay. So there's two lines. How many lines are there? Two. How many lines? Not three, not one, not eight, two. Okay, now the first line is the reward line, and that's what we're going to talk about first. It's the reward line. It's for everybody 
who believes that God was a creator and that he died on the cross to redeem mankind. They're going to be in the reward line. We're going to be in the reward line. Oh, man, it's, we, we're going to be in the reward line. And that's what they call the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Now, the only thing is, I thought we were getting rewards. Why is it called the judgment seat of Christ? Because it's where Jesus is going to judge whether what you did with the gospel and with this, this faith that we have is worth anything or not. Now, the good news is, it's not just random. Jesus isn't going to just decide, oh, I think that was cool or I didn't really like that. No, it's going to be by his word. He's going to tell you, he's just. He, he, he's not just going to have one standard for Joel and, and, and one standard for Joe and one standard for Susie. and uh, Oh, yeah, there's Susie. Yeah, I like. No, no, no. It's all going to be by his word. So there's going to be this line. So we're going to be in this line. What, what, what's your name? Isaiah, come up here and help me, Isaiah. You, you, you come up here. So you're going to be in front of me in line. Okay, I, and you just stand here. So Isaiah's going to be in line in front of me. And, and, and we're about to get up here to the judgment seat of Christ. And up here, we got Jesus. And, and Jesus is there. And, and the host of the angels and everybody there. And it's awesome. They, they got praise and worship is going on. Teddy's up there leading worship in heaven. And, 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 and I, Gabriel's up in the choir. And Michael's playing on the drums. And we're shouting and rocking. And, 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 then, and, then, and then Isaiah gets called up to, and come on up here, Isaiah. And you stand right here. And, and, and you're going to be standing there. And there's going to be like this huge barbecue grill, like a barbecue pit, okay? Except there's not going to be any meat on it. I know some of y'all getting hungry. See, I'm from Texas, and we got pit barbecue down there. And, and, and oh, man, it's good. But we're getting off the subject right now. Okay. It's a big old pit of fire. And, and all of a sudden, some angels come in with wheelbarrows. They got wheelbarrows, and they dump all this stuff in the fire pit. And, and you're like, what's going on? What, what's happening? And they say, well, that's everything you did in your life on earth. Everything you did. And what's going to happen is the fire of God, the fire of the word of God is going to test your works by fire. And the Bible says one of two things is going to happen. A- it's going to all burn up. You know, you live for yourself. You were selfish. You didn't obey the voice of God. You didn't read the word of God and know what God wants you to do. You, you, and really what it boils down to, you didn't live for others. You didn't live for souls. You, you didn't follow the direction of the Holy Spirit when he was leading you to witness to other people and live a life of holiness and live a life of witness and all that. And if that's the case... The fire is going to burn, and boom, everything's just going to be gone. They're going to say, oh, oh, Isaiah, oh, wasn't good. No, that ain't going to happen. Okay, so what's, what's the other option? The other option, which is what's going to happen, is they're going to dump all of Isaiah's works in the fire pit, turn up the heat, and when they get done, Everything that went in is going to be there and even more. And it's going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. Diamonds, rubies. And it's going to be like, hey, boy, Isaiah, he was obedient to the Holy Spirit. He treasured the word of God. 
He served in the house of God. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, when I get up there, God's going to have to signal to somebody, whoever the angel that's in charge of the big pits is, and say, hey, we're going to have to fire up a couple of them because Joel's got too much for one pit. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. We, we, I, I'm going to get three, four, five, six. There's going to be barbecue pits everywhere testing my works. Okay, thank you. Y'all give Isaiah a hand. Isaiah, you can sit down. Okay, so, so there's going to be reward. Now, you see, a lot of people in our, our time, we live in a democracy, and now more than ever, everybody thinks that they're equal to everybody else and everybody's got an equal voice. It's like, I don't care who you are. I can get on Twitter and I can say whatever I want. I'll, I'll throw some up on Facebook. I'll, I'll get on Snapchat. I'll get on Cyberdust, whatever it is that you own. I, I, got, I got a blog, and I'll write something, and I'll say something too. And everybody's got a voice now. And, and everybody thinks, everybody, hey, we're going to all get to heaven. Everybody's going to be equal. No. You, you know what you call a place where everybody is equal? Prison. They all wear the same clothes. They all live in the same looking house. They all eat the same food. That's what everybody equal is, prison. And heaven is not a prison. And God is not a warden. He's the just judge. And so don't think that just because you made it up there that you're going to get what everybody else is getting because you're not. It's going to be dependent on your obedience. See, getting there has nothing to do with works. It has to do with your faith. But what you get when you get there has everything to do with your obedience. See, we don't like that now. We want to hear about grace. It's all grace. Anything I do is under grace. Yeah, well, just keep walking with that mentality and see what happens when you get to heaven. If you make it there. Romans chapter 2, and I'm not going all over the scriptures because there's no reason I'm just going to tell you. Romans chapter 2 says there's three levels, basic levels of reward in heaven. You want to know what they are? I want to know what it is. It'd be like in the Olympics. We got the bronze, the silver, and the gold. And I'm going to tell you right now, nobody goes to the Olympics to get the bronze. And certainly nobody goes to get the silver. I'd rather get the bronze than the silver because everybody knows second place is first loser. Isn't that right? Okay. Everybody goes to the Olympics to get what? They don't even talk. No, nobody that wins the silver gets on Wheaties box. They don't put bronze people on, on, on the Wheaties box. They put the gold on the Wheaties box. So they got a bronze, they got a silver, and, and they got a gold in heaven. He said, what? I thought we were all going to be equal. I thought if we just make it there, then everybody's going to get a mansion. Everything. No, no, no. Let me tell you how it's going to work. The Bible says there's going to be three levels. Number one level is immortality. That means, hey, good news, you made it, you're going to live forever with Jesus, which is amazing. It's awesome. It's just like making it to the Olympics. Hey, you did awesome to be there. The thief on the cross, he, he, he was on the cross for Jesus. In, in Luke, book of Luke, chapter 23, and he said, hey, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And guess what? All he had to do is call on the name of the Lord. He might have killed people. He might have raped people. He, he might have been a pedophile. He could have been a serial murderer, killer. He could have. It don't matter what you do. If you call on the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to save you. 
He's hanging there on the cross. He realizes this guy didn't do anything. Jesus didn't do anything. He was sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He had no idea the magnitude of what was happening. But he's right there next to Jesus. He called. You talk about lucky. Woo. He's the one criminal in all of history who got crucified, and it just happened to be with the Son of God. He didn't, he didn't have to go anywhere. He didn't have to go to church. He's, he, he's got nails in his hands and his feet. He's just trying to push up and breathe. And he just says, Jesus, remember me when you come to the kingdom. Jesus says, hey, I got you. You call on me, I got you. You call on you're going to make it to heaven. But guess what? He, got, he made it to heaven. And, and the Bible says, when we get to heaven, some of us are going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your eternal reward. That's what we're talking about right now. But see, then other people are going to just hear, they're not going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. They're just going to hear, well, you're done. See, He made it up there. He, he got to heaven. He's happy to be there. He should have been in hell. At the last minute, he called on the name of the Lord. He made it to heaven. Immortality. You know he was happy at first. But then, then there's another level. There's honor. And honor is for those who honor their parents. Uh-oh. See, some of you can't even honor the house of God. You can't even control your mouth. You can't even be quiet and listen to the word of God in reverence. So we know you don't know how to honor your parents. You, you can't even honor God by shutting your mouth and being quiet in the house of God. So we know that you're not going to get that. But prayerfully, you'll figure that out. You'll get a little maturity. And you'll be able to be quiet for 30 minutes. You know, you can go to the movie and watch a three-hour movie and never say a word. You get in the house of God, five minutes goes by, you're itching to write a note or whisper a secret to somebody. Funny how that happened. I know. I was 16, too. I, I know. I was the funniest person I knew in church. For real. I, I could come up with something so funny during church, it was uncanny. It had to be the devil giving me jokes because I'm telling you I was funny in church. But I, I grew out of that. I got mature. I got on fire for God. And I moved from the back row to the front row and learned how to shut my mouth and listen to the Word of God. But honor. People who honor marriage, who stay faithful. My, my grandfather and my grandma, they were married 63 years. 63 years. They honored each other, loved each other. They didn't mess up. My, my, my papa was a preacher. He, he, he's still alive. He's 96 years old. He, he honored God and he honored my grandmother till she passed away in 2008. And he still honors her. He still got her pictures all up in his room. And he is in love with my Mimi. He honored her. He, he, didn't, he didn't get 55 and go, oh, you're looking old. I need somebody new. No, out with you, in with a new. No, no, honor. And there's going to be a reward for that. But then there's going to be what I pray that every person in this room will set their eyes on the prize, and that is the gold, and that is glory. Paul said there'll be immortality, honor, and glory. Glory is going to be for those who have given their life. The martyrs will be clothed in glory. Those who have given freely of themselves to the master will receive glory. Those who have crossed land and sea and left behind father and mother and brother and sister in order to even win just one soul. Glory. 
two weeks ago, I was on vacation in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I had the opportunity to have lunch with Reinhard Bonnke, who's an evangelist. And I spent two hours with him. And, and it possibly has won more souls than any other human being in the history of the world. He's won over 100 million people to the Lord, face to face. I'm not talking about an altar call on television where they say untold thousands or millions. No, no, no. Responded, filled out a card, said yes to Jesus because he went. Gave his life, 100 million souls. Can you imagine that? Man, Reinhardt's going to be walking around heaven clothed in so much glory. He, he's going to be, you ain't even going to look at him. He gonna, the people know, oh, Reinhardt's coming up the street. <laughs> he got so much glory. Glory, glory. See, there's going to be reward. You got to believe that. See, you can't just go out of here tonight and say, oh, yeah, that was, that was a nice little sermon that that, that that white boy preached. No, you, you need to say, you need, something needs to get inside of you. Not just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, down here. I want to be somebody when I get to heaven that, that everybody stands in attention and says, oh, Joel just got here. You know, I, I'm not that big in the jewelry right now. But I can tell you, I'm into that heavenly bling. When I get to heaven, I'm going I'm I'm to have just piles of gold, silver, and precious stones. Now, let's come to this last deal here. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. Notice this faith thing. Things that, couldn't, things that are seen came from things that could not be seen, and, and things are happening that never happened before. See, faith says, I don't, I don't have to see something to believe it. Thomas, I, I, I was uh, listening today to, to the Bible on audio as I was coming here. I was listening in John chapter 20, when Thomas said, until I put my hands in his side and in the, in the wounds in his hand, I won't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus shows back up seven days later. He says, peace be with you. He says, hey, Thomas, come here. Boy, you know Thomas was nervous. Boy, you know he was scared of death. Jesus said, hey, hey, Thomas, see the wound in my side, see the wounds in my hand. Thomas fell down and said, oh, my Savior and my Lord. And Jesus said, yeah, you believe because you've seen. But blessed are those who believe because that yet have not seen. You may never get a chance to see those wounds in Jesus' hands till heaven. But I believe it. I don't need to see it because I got faith. Now, what is this last component that goes with what we were just talking about. It's judgment. The judgment of hell. See, it gets quiet. We start talking about hell. But we got to talk about hell. Because we live in a day where hell doesn't exist anymore. Even in the church. We don't talk about it. And, and when people who are ungodly and unrighteous and who have denied Christ and have profaned his name, they die. Say, oh, I'm, they're, they're, I'm so glad they're in heaven now. No, they're not in heaven. Heaven is for those who have believed and called on the name of the Lord Jesus. And it doesn't matter how awful a person they were. If they call on the name of Jesus, they can go to heaven. But they don't. So what is this? Judgment. Okay, so remember I told you today is brought to you by what number? Two. Okay, so we started with reward. And, and reward is ought to be the motivation for you to be obedient to Christ.
to live right, to live holy, to live uprightly. Now, we come to this final thing. So if there's one line for everybody who is saved and their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then there's also a line for everyone who is not saved. Oh, man. I get, I get. It just, it just scares me half to death just talking about it. Okay? And it's called the great white throne judgment. That's like, you just hear that. You just, you just get that sour just. The great white throne judgment is for everybody that has denied the Lord. Now, I thought a lot about this, and I preached on this, and, and, and you don't ever hear about this. I don't know why. It seems like we ought to hear about it every week because it's so important. Because trust me, you don't want to be in that line. Here's, here, here's a little side note. Everybody in that line thinks that they're in the reward line. Because everybody who's in that line somehow felt justified by themselves without the blood of Jesus. So it doesn't matter how vile a person they were. It doesn't matter who, what they did, what they lived for. They found some way that they reasoned that they are going to be rewarded. Let's go to the extreme. Let's give an extreme example. Hitler. Anybody know who Hitler was? Okay, Hitler, Nazis, Germany, World War II, killed 6 million Jews. Hitler's in that line. Hitler's on his way. He did. Now, now you've got to realize this line is in the billions. And, and it wraps around the earth at the equator at least 35 times. That's how many people. And, and it's our mission to shrink that line. Thankfully, a lot of those people are still in play because they're still living and breathing. But Hitler, he's already in the line. There's no hope for him. He can't call on the name of the Lord now. He's in the line. Okay? He's in the line. And he's thinking to himself, I did what I was supposed to do. I got rid of those Jews. He's going to think, God's going to be happy with me. Because I got rid of the Jews. And, and all these people are going to be thinking different things. But then there's going to be regular folks that are going to be there and say, you know what? I gave $30 a month to those hungry kids in Africa. They're going to be in that line. And they're gonna, I can't wait to get up there and get my reward. There's going to be people in there and say, I won the lottery. And, and, and I gave a couple hundred dollars to, to, to charity. I deserve a reward. There's even going to be people in there who came to church and tithed but didn't live a life of holiness, surrendered to the Lord. And they're going to be thinking, man, I tithed for 20 years at my church. I can't wait to see the castle God's going to give me. Well, hate to tell you, Bubba, you in the wrong line. And guess what? The mistake is not a mistake of choosing the wrong line. The mistake is is a mistake of not choosing Jesus when you had the chance. You know, I saw a friend of mine the other day, he Twittered something really good. He said, I'm tired of hearing people always asking, how could a loving God send somebody to hell? But the real question is, how could anybody choose hell over a loving God? Because if you're in this line, you chose hell over God. 
He wanted to give you immortality, honor, and glory, but you rejected the way of salvation. And, and you know, and then you're going to have people there who, who listen to Oprah who said, hey, all paths lead to God. So just choose a path and stick on it. No, Jesus said one way to God. I don't care what Oprah says. Oprah is not the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And he said no other way can man get to the Father except through me. He said anybody else who, who tries to come in the sheepfold is a thief and a robber. He said, but I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice and know my voice. Okay, so we got this line, and there are billions in this line, and they're waiting, and they don't know what's going on. But up at the front of the line, something crazy's happening. We got God on the throne. We got Jesus on one side, and we got the devil on the other. And the devil is just licking his chops. This, this, is, the, this is his... This is his final moment because when we get to the end of the line, he's going to get grabbed and thrown in the lake of fire. But right now, he's bringing accusation and he's winning every case. He's winning every case. And this is about kind of how it's going to go every time, never with no exception. Someone will be called into that that arena, that theater, that courtroom, whatever it is, and they'll stand there. And Satan and his demons will bring accusation against them and say they were liars. They were disrespectful to their parents. They broke all ten commandments. They committed treason against you, God. They were perverted. They were profane. They were wicked in their heart. And God's going to look over at Jesus, and Jesus is going to shake his head. Say, I never knew him. And some of them are going to get so mad. They're going to say, oh, no, Jesus, Jesus, I went to church. I, I, I was at Uproar 15, remember? I, I know I was talking on the back row and, and, and flirting and, and all, but, but I was there. Jesus is going to shake his head, depart from me. You worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. And you know what's going to happen next? This is where it gets really crazy. Some big old angels. The Bible says one angel killed 185,000 men in one night. We're not, we're not talking, this ain't going to be no, no, no boxing match. Some, some big heavenly bouncers are going to come over and grab that person that has been judged in the court of eternity, they're going to be grabbed and they're going to be carried to the edge of the portal of eternity and cast headfirst into the lake of fire. And, and there's not going to be any deals. There's not going to be any bribes. It doesn't matter if it's Bill Gates or the poorest child that ever lived on the planet. They didn't call on the name of the Lord. If they rejected the name of God, their money, these athletes with their Bentleys and their muscles, it ain't going to matter. A big old angel is going to toss them, the Bible says. They will be cast, not escorted, cast 
into the lake of fire. And they will be there in isolation and solitude, burning forever and ever in a place where every sense is tormented without relief forever. Let me just, and, and, and I hear kids say, you know, as a youth pastor, I hear kids say, I, I, I can't wait to get to hell. All my friends are there. We're going to party in hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you about that party for a minute. Let me tell you how that's going to go. First of all, you're going to be able to hear the screams of everyone else, but you'll never find anybody else. You, you're not going to be talking to anybody. You're just going to be screaming along with them because you're going to be in torment, but isolated torment. How about this one? This is the one that this is the one that really it it's just crazy to me. There's only one smell that human beings can never adjust to. It, it don't it don't matter how bad a smell is. You can get used to it after a while. That's I mean some of you you hadn't bathed all week and you can't even tell because you're just used to it. That poor person next to you unless they ain't bathed either and then I guess you're just all happy. So. There's one smell. Anybody know what that smell is? Sulfur. You can never adjust. And the Bible says that in hell, the flames will burn with sulfur. God gave us one little indicator of something to come if we reject him by the fact that our nose can never adjust to the smell of sulfur. And in hell, your sense of smell, every sense will be tormented. Touch with fire. Not to mention you'll be eaten by worms, but yet you'll never die. Your nose, your, your ears, you'll be alone. It will not be a party. It will be on fire, but it will not be good. It won't be like Holy Ghost in fire. It'll be like real hell fire. Now, what's going to happen in this line. I'm just, I'm just seeing this line. And, and so imagine being five people back and watching and realizing that, that every person in front of you is being judged guilty. Guilty. Boom. Guilty. Boom. Guilty. Hell. Boom. Boom. One after the other. They're just being cast into the lake of fire. One after the other. One after the other. One after the other. They're being cast into the, into the lake of fire. And, and you know. All those thoughts that you had way back in the line when you didn't know what was going on up front, that's all gone. Now, now all you got is just this, this un you're shaking, you're, you're weeping, you're crying, you're probably jumping up and down. You're probably, there's nowhere to run. The Bible says the earth and the sky have fled. There's nowhere to run. It's not like you're just going to run off and hide somewhere. Everyone, those who are at the bottom of the ocean, they'll be raised. Everyone will be there. There'll be nowhere to go. And they'll realize, that is my fate. And listen, it's not a hundred years. It's not a thousand years. The Bible says that the smoke of their torment rises forever. I heard someone illustrate hell one time in a way that really impacted me. He said, if the whole earth was covered in sand, the whole earth was five feet deep in sand. Imagine sand this high covered the whole earth he said and there's a bird that comes every 10,000 years and picks up one grain of sand and flies off 
comes back 10,000 years later. Imagine how long it's gone by when you could fill a bucket up of sand. You hadn't even got started yet. Because there is no end. There's no beginning. There's no end. It's timeless. It's a, it's a timeless place. There, there is no time because time is a function of order and hell is a place where there is no order because God is not present. See, a lot of people don't understand that. Just imagine when that bird has come back enough times every 10,000 years to pick up every grain of sand on the whole entire earth five feet deep. You haven't even begun to begin to begin the torment of the lake of fire. Talking about faith tonight. Talking about what do you believe? See, and you say, well, I, I don't believe in that. Well, guess what? It's real whether you believe in it or not. You believing in it or not has nothing to do with whether it's real or not. Because this isn't something that, this isn't a novel that I read this week and thought, hey, man, that would be something cool to talk about on Saturday night. No. This is this book right here. I am consumed with this book. You know why? Because a thousand million billion years from now, what I'm doing today is going to matter. What I'm doing today is going to matter. What you're doing today is going to matter. Do you want to be in the reward line? Even though you may not have a lot of reward, at least you're in the reward line. Or do you want to be in the, the judgment line? I don't want to be in the judgment line. I can tell you right now, if they said, to not be in the, in the judgment line, you got to go climb Mount Everest backwards. I'd be on a flight tomorrow to wherever, Nepal or Tibet or wherever it is. I'd be learning how to walk backwards. Well, I'm not going. But you don't have to do any of that. Thief on the cross, he's hanging there. He can barely even talk. He's gasping for breath. He says, remember me, Jesus. He says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. No wonder there's such little faith in the church when these four things are the beginning points, they're the pillars, they're the starting point of faith. Now, in order to be right with God and to have a faith walk, you can't get three out of four. See, so you say, well, I got three out of four. That's a 75. I pass. I'll take a D. No. It's pass or fail. Four out of four or bust. So I say, well, I don't really know. I, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, evolution. I, I just, that's just what I believe. Well, it's wrong. And nothing else, the cross, heaven, hell, none of that matters if you didn't get that right. And the cross, you better get that right. But if you don't get creation right, the cross isn't going to matter. Because you've got to believe that he created us, that we exist for his pleasure, that in him we live, move, and have our being. And then you've got to believe in heaven. You've got to believe that there's a reward for those who diligently seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. You have to believe that he exists, he's a creator, that he died on the cross, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. That's heaven. And then you also have to believe that there's a judgment. Now, what does the judgment do? Reward will motivate you to live for Christ. 
Judgment will motivate you to live for others. And when I say live for others, I mean to win souls. I don't mean for their opinion and approval. I'm not talking, I'm talking about for souls. I'm talking about rescuing people at all costs. Can you imagine your family in the wrong line? Can you imagine your brothers, your sisters? Can you, I mean, I don't care how bad you can't stand your little brother or your little sister. You don't want them in that line. I, would, I don't wish that on anybody in all of history, no matter what, an, what a maniac they were. But God is just. He will decide. I won't decide. I just, I, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be another person that's going to receive. But notice this. Everyone will be judged. Either for reward or for judgment. So the question is tonight, where's your faith at? Do you really have faith? Maybe say, man, this is heavy. This is serious. Man, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm all about fun. Yeah, well, fun is good. But fun ain't got nothing to do with the reality of eternity. And, and it's good us to get together and laugh and all those kind of things. But at the end of the day, you better have a healthy reverential fear of God. Jesus said, don't fear man who has the power to kill body. He said, fear God who can cast body and soul into hell. Woo. That's Jesus. That's in red. That's not Joel. That, that's Jesus. And, and we got all these people say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, that was before that. No, no, that, that's Jesus right there. Think on these things. Say a lot that for a little bit. Work with that. Now, I want you to bow your heads with me because I'm done preaching. Because we, we got to let the Holy Spirit begin to move in here. He, he's getting ready to do some things in here. And some awesome things are going to happen. But, but first, I, I had to be a faithful messenger. I can't just go around preaching what I want to preach and come in here. You know, we got this idea now that preachers are just Christian comedians. Far from it. Oh, for the days of Jonathan Edwards where he sat behind a pulpit with some glasses on the end of his nose and read sinners in the hands of an angry God and people held on to the back of the pews for fear that they would fall straight into hell alive. We need some more of that. That's why we're losing our nation. While we're, while we're giving our little, our little talks and hanging out with celebrities and wearing skinny jeans, we're losing a generation. Father, I just pray right now the convicting power of the Holy Ghost would come on every person in here. God, for those who love you, that they would be more in love and in passion and emboldened to go for the gold than ever before. And God, for those tonight who even have the slightest inkling that they may end up in the wrong line, God, I pray that you would just arrest them just arrest them tonight. Arrest them. E even as the words that I've spoken and been faithful to declare your word, to fly up here 10 hours worth of traveling, to deliver this word. God, let somebody in here that's headed to the wrong line tonight, let them be rescued out of the deception and the delusion of the enemy. And let their heart be radically given to you. For your heart is for them, God. That's why you sent Jesus.
And before we do anything else, I know you've been hearing preaching all week. I know there's been a bunch of services, but some of you aren't right with God. And it just took, it took this tall, lanky, blonde-headed white boy from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to come up here and shake you a little bit. Maybe spit on you a little bit. Some of you need to get spit on a little bit in order to wake you up to the reality of eternity. Creation, cross, heaven, hell, reward, judgment. And you're in here, and we, we're going to do business with God right now. I don't want to see anybody moving. Nobody needs to go to the bathroom right now. You may feel like you do because you're so scared of going to hell. That's good. Nobody moving, nobody talking. This is between you and God. If I see you distracting somebody else, I will call you out and embarrass you. This is a moment of truth to reverence the Holy Spirit. You may not respect me, but you'll respect Him. You're in here and you say, I need to get my faith right. Maybe you realize tonight, you say, man, I, I don't know anything about creation. I didn't believe in the cross. I, I thought I was going to heaven, but I never heard about reward. I sure didn't know about judgment. And you realize you just, you just way out there. And you, maybe you've been up in the front singing and all that kind of stuff, but your faith ain't right. And God's not going to judge you on how you sing. He's going to judge, thank God, he's going to judge you on your faith. Or maybe you, maybe you got three out of four and you thought you were fine and you thought maybe you just had some different ideas. You realize you just had some dumb ideas and you need to get right with the Word of God. It's not about agreeing with me. Listen, you, it ain't about agreeing with me. You, I'm not the one you need to agree with. It's the Word of God. It's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm His messenger. I just run with the scroll and use my big old mouth to shout and scream the message of the King. What a powerful message Pastor Joel delivered that night. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in with us once again. You can find us on Facebook at The Uproar Conference. You can also check out our website, theuproar.org, for information on our upcoming events. Thanks a bunch, guys. We'll see you next time.